welcome to Off the Beaten Podcast. I remember the first time I did an active shooter drill with my students as a Chicago public school teacher. I had a classroom that in actuality was a computer lab because I would be teaching college and career readiness in addition to world history. I taught all of the freshmen in the school twice a day. I don't remember the specific instructions we received, but I remember the basic gist. Students were supposed to move as far away from the door as possible. I was supposed to lock my door if it wasn't already locked, and at that point, not open it again until an all clear. Everyone was supposed to stay away from windows, and after I turned the light off, join my students at the rear corner of the classroom, hopefully out of sight from the glass door panel, and stay as quiet as possible. While waiting quietly, the students and I got chatting. Uh, I don't recall exactly what we talked about, but at some point I was asked or inspired to offer my opinion on the protocols. I told them, this is stupid. Do you all see those empty cabinets and that empty closet? And they said, yeah. I said, use them. Little people. The smallest of you get in those, cl- those cabinets. Those of you who can't fit in a cabinet, you all hide. But if any of those doors open before the all clear, you have to be ready to fight. Literally for your lives. Know what chair you're going to grab. Have something with you to throw. If that door opens, it becomes a melee. That's real life. So words spread of our discussion to the other freshman class, and they asked me to explain to them what I explained to the freshman I did the drill with. Basically, I walked them through it. I said, those who can't hide in something, help the ones who can. Grab items as you move to your hiding spot to potentially fight with. That was, I believe, the the 2013 to 2014 school year which would have been a year after the Sandy Hook school shooting, the deadliest school shooting in American history, five years before the shooting in Parkland. And in the time in between, of course, we've heard the litany of thoughts and prayers that have gone out to families literally across the nation in the wake of their loss. And yet nothing in the political landscape has really changed. Some schools actually do have fenced-in school playgrounds and locked doors with only one single point of entry. We've added uh, double entryways to the front doors and added bulletproof glass, buzzing in and intercoms. Some have cameras at the entryway. Many CPS schools do. Um, Metal detectors and, of course, armed officers. I'm always shocked that for how much we talk about and at least pretend to be shocked and appalled by the school-to-prison pipeline, we seem totally okay turning our schools into literal detention centers. And all the other other protocols, active shooter drills, also a reminder that research tells us that drills are not good for students' emotional well-being. 
We also have added door stops to classroom doors and covered classroom door windows. Teachers and administrators complete hours of active shooter trainings and collaborate with county and state law enforcement officers to hold active shooter simulations. And of course, teachers put their lives on the line for their students with the understanding that they may be the next teacher who dies protecting those students. Okay, so first things first, thoughts and prayers make you feel good, but they don't prevent school shootings. They don't prevent mass shootings. They don't stop black folks from being shot in grocery stores in the process of well-armed hate crimes. They don't stop Asian folks from being gunned down in their places of worship. They don't stop black folks from being gunned down in their places of worship. They don't stop the gun violence we see in urban settings across the nation on a seemingly daily basis. And they don't stop the high rate of gun death we see in the form of suicide every single day. Just as a... A point that I I was reading recently. I mean, I've known for a few years, but I was just kind of uh, reading across. Did you know that Alaska led the nation in gun-related deaths per capita from 2014 to 2017, and 2019, um, and Mississippi led the nation in 2018 and 2020. And if you look at gun death rates per capita across the nation, you'll find that states with quote unquote looser gun laws generally tend to lead the pack. Just something to think about. So what do we need instead of thoughts and prayers? Well, the answer is simple. You've seen it all over social media, right? Policy and change. We need action at the federal level, full stop. At least that's my belief, right? That's my opinion. Um, so allow me to continue. Um, now, I could make this 10 hours and maybe we could have an exhaustive conversation about gun violence, causes and solutions. Unfortunately, I doubt either one of us has that time. But I will be including a list of resources for you to utilize, including the contact information for Governor J.B. Pritzker to urge him to sign House Bill 4729, um, which will fund a statewide public awareness campaign to promote safe firearm storage uh, into law immediately. The law was already passed. He just needs to put a signature to it. I'll include a link to information about that bill as well. I will include a bunch of educational resources, including articles, websites, research reports, white papers, blogs, and a few podcasts. I love podcasts if you hadn't heard. But I encourage you to do your homework. If you don't know what the Dickey Amendment is, you need to do your research. If you don't know the impact that the District of Columbia v. Heller had on gun rights in this country, you have homework to do. Also, I encourage you to research all of the following legislative actions that I encourage you uh, to urge of your congressmen and women. All right. All right. So uh, I'm just going to drop these quickly. All right. One. <laughs> One. Require universal background checks for all gun sales. Period. If a gun changes hands in any context, a background check should be involved. Um 
recently I was reminded of a statistic. I've heard several places at this time, right? But generally when polled, right, usually in those exit polls after elections, 90% plus of Americans agree with having universal background checks. And when I used to work at the Illinois Council Against Handgun Violence, my boss would often say that and she would always add on, you can't get 90% of Americans to agree uh, if apple or cherry pie is better, but you can get them to agree on this. So why has it not happened? Right. Something to think about questions to ask. And we need to I'm past asking, asking people to do shit. Uh, we need to demand elected officials do things that are only going to keep our community safe. But that oh, we all agree. We can agree with this. Right. We might not be able to agree with that. That's that's questionable. We need to debate it. That might be a little harder to, to figure out. But this we can agree on. Make it happen. Two, ban military-style assault weapons. Look, it's no accident or coincidence that the military uses an M4 assault rifle, the equivalent of an AR-15, and those weapons often referred to as assault weapons or semi-automatic rifles that auto-load and that fire one round for each pull of the trigger. The weapon is used because it's effective. It's compact, it's minimal recoil, um, and it's great at firing while moving for quickly engaging and neutralizing targets. Why do we need the same weapon used in combat in private possession and usage? Now, the NRA crowd, right, my, my, <laughs> they, they won't readily admit it, but, but they're fun weapons. Like, just have to, they're fun. I, I've used that weapon a lot. You know, I've been gone to the range with it and done all the different things. It's been a year with one strapped to me for the, for the most part in Afghanistan. They're fun weapons, right? That's something that people who don't use weapons want to hear or maybe even understand. But that's no doubt. But having them readily available isn't worth the lives of innocent children we're consistently losing on top of all the other people we're losing. Three, I don't even have to mention number three. I don't have to mention gun show loopholes uh, that some states have if we enact universal background checks at the federal level. It's just some problems will take care of themselves. So um, four, the topic of prohibition on gun violence research by the CDC is a little bit of a dense topic because the research wasn't outright banned, but research funding was at risk. If any research was considered to advocate or to um, promote gun control, right? That's that's a, a parts of what we have come known as the Dickey Amendment. Um, that prohibition was lifted in 2020, if I'm recalling correctly. And the first research since 1996 on gun violence by the CDC was done in 2021. Now, what we need is a large infusion of funds for the CDC to do comprehensive research on gun violence so we can know unequivocally what works, what doesn't, and what certain policies will have in long-term effects. And we can look at that internally. We can look at that at other countries, however you want to do it. Let them do what they do, their researchers, whatever. But we need that research to be happening. Research is how we figured out that seatbelts will save lives in car crashes. That's simple enough. Five, 
Ban bump stocks, period. If you don't know what a bump stock is, it's a device that can be attached to a semi-automatic firearm in place of a conventional uh, butt stock or gun stock. It enables it to fire bullets more rapidly. It can turn a semi-automatic rifle to something resembling a fully automatic, even though it really isn't a fully automatic. <sighs> yeah, useless, we don't need them. Six, ban high capacity magazines. Why, why, why? Why do you need a high capacity magazine? If you're a hunter and you need a high capacity magazine, you shouldn't be hunting because you suck. Six, you should, <laughs> we should pass an extreme risk protection order act or a red flag bill to allow relatives and law enforcement to temporarily remove firearms from an individual in crisis. This would not have necessarily been effective in this recent shooting Uvalde, Texas, um, but in some of the shootings we've seen in the past, we know that this would have been exceptionally effective. Uh, there have been situations where um, even a person, a, a person's, I say person, young man, because these have overwhelmingly been young men, have, parents have taken the guns out of their possession or out of the home. And then the young man went and bought others or had an uncle go buy a gun for him. Um, and then he would go on to perform one of these exceptionally tragic and grotesque events so and last but not least we I, i'm not gonna say we y'all some of y'all need to stop supporting politicians who pledge undying loyalty to the national rifle association the nra isn't about gun rights they are about maintaining a steady stream of revenues to the corporate gun lobby and the companies they represent i encourage you to listen to the podcast more perfect episode the gun show they dive deep into the history of the NRA and how it went from an actual organization that supported sportsmen to the shill of the gun industry. Gross. We have to do better. We have to demand better. I can't really think what else to say. I have teenage daughters and it's, um, as many parents know, it's... <laughs> It's maddening to think what could happen um, in the blink of an eye while they're at school or, I mean, it feels like while they're anywhere at this juncture in time, right? Um, we can go back in time. This happens over and over again. And this happens in America. This isn't happening in Canada every week, right? Um, I have such a bad memory, but... Uh, the Uvalde, Texas, Rob Elementary School shooting. Wasn't that the 29th or 30th school shooting this month? We have to do better. We have to demand better. Thank you for listening. Off the Bean Podcast is the pod that gives voice to the city of Chicago and the amazing people who make this city unique. I'm your host, Ian Miguel. All the resources that I mentioned will be available down in the episode notes. And if you want easier access to them, you can go to my website, offthebeanpodcast.com and click the podcast tab. If you have friends or family who have been talking about the Rob Elementary shooting, who have been asking what we can do in the wake of this tragedy, please share this with them. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to reach out. My contact info is in the episode notes as well. Hug your friends and loved ones. Be good. Do good. Peace.
Sister, give me a reason to get out my mind, please. I've been so lost that I can't even find me. Sister, give me a reason to get out my mind, please. I've been so lost that I can't even find me. Better days, better days, hard to hold them. Let him get away, let him be lost before you know him Saw you for the first time since he died Like 15 years, been a long time Not see love in a place, so easy to know it Remember back when you used to watch me When he was sick and downstairs he was dying Get me movies that I shouldn't be watching So I could watch fat instead of everything that make me feel bad Remember when he passed, you told me all things pass Even hard things, like 15 years, been a long time Say you glad I'm here, like ain't a day passed Made a home-cooked meal so I could watch fat Instead of everything that make me feel bad I told you I've been angry for a minute Can't sit here knowing everything from my way back to forgiveness How did you ever settle down? How'd you figure out your business? I swear you looking better now, like 15 years, been a long time But it feel like ain't a day gone by yeah, I know our life's strange, and I wanna change mine You say you wouldn't change yours, and I've always wondered why Yeah, like, you so good, you don't deserve it Like, how can you figure out that anything get better after that? Like, in the same shoes, tap out But you still here with a smile right across me with a purple napkin Ask me if purple's still my favorite color I said, Liz, you said, that's how I know you're my baby brother And I laugh, cause... That's dad's favorite color And you cried when you told me the poem you heard before he died Yeah, 15 years, really been a long time Yeah, 15 years, really been a long time But I'm glad I dropped my sister Give me a reason to get out my mind Please please, please, please. I've been so lost that I can't even find me Get out my mind, please I've been so lost that I can't even find me You see, I never really got to know my eldest brother before he passed away Got six sisters, two brothers left, but still feel cast away Ahab, on a quest to get the whale killed I think we know how that ends And on the real, I'm more prone to a back man Got sorries for my sorries Got worries that I probably shouldn't have at 27 Like, is this the end or is that a question They've been asking since the dawn of stupid questions Like, what makes a good man good and a bad man bad When everything is all subjective Are we products of environment and if we are Is that enough to validate all of my lessons? Hella time, I've been wasted on this chessboard Like, boy, you need to move, or that clock is gonna get you Before that tick-tock tick Can you tell me another story about the life you got to live? Tell me more about it, Dad, how you learned how to forgive How you never needed no one else to tell you how it is How you never needed money or no man to live it big Yeah, 15 years, been a long time I'm Sorry that I ain't come by Guess part of me has been just an angry little kid Never letting go since the day that he died but 15 years been a long time I think that I've changed my mind Sister, give me a reason to get out my mind Please I've been so lost that I can't even find me Sister, give me a reason to get out my mind Please I've been so lost that I can't even find me